All right, class, listen up. This isn't your regular public school education. Here, we discuss the money topics you should have been taught in school, but weren't. Join a community of people who are taking their lives into their own hands. Learn about financial independence so that you can design the life of your dreams. You're listening to The Fi School. Let's build a life worth running to. What's up, everybody? I'm Jared, and I'm here with my co-host, Russell. Russell, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. It's good to see you again, Jared. It's uh, Christmas time, I guess, just after Christmas. And so coming off the holidays, at least for a student, it's the best time of year because you get like a whole month off. <laughs> um, and I know that you're uh, hanging out in Texas now. How's that been? Texas has been good. We got a cold snap. Um, you know, there's kind of been this, uh, what do they call it? The bomb cyclone storm that's just been like ravaging the country and Tons of people have died. It's been like really crazy. Um, lot, I mean, tons and tons of flights have been canceled, and uh, lots of people have been stuck all over the country. It's been crazy. We didn't get any crazy snow. We just had like a just a really quick drop in temperature for a couple of days. But I think today's up in the fifties, and um, so it's been good. It's been uh, it's been pretty good. The rest of my family went home already, so I'm just hanging out here in my brother's house for a little bit. Uh, what have you been up to? Yeah, I heard nothing much, but I heard that like. Southwest canceled two thirds of their flights over the next. Dude, like, it was couple, crazy. Like, in like, a week or two, fifteen. I think it was like thirteen to fifteen thousand flights have been canceled just like in the last four or five days. It's crazy because I know like my girlfriend's on the swim team and like half the team just like was supposed to fly home like either last night or today and it's just like <laughs> like it's a fifty fifty yeah. shot if they make it or not you know so. Yeah. Crazy. And my mom and my brother were flying with Southwest and they, they're supposed to fly home on the 26th and they get like, we dro- I drop them off at the airport. It's like four o'clock in the morning and I get home and then they text me and they're like, Hey, flights got canceled. Um, and they waited three, four hours in line just to like talk to the the desk agent who was having a horrible day as you could imagine. Because yeah, you're seriously. With thousands of people who are so upset because now they can't get to where they're going or whatnot. And some people have been like waiting four or five days just to get a return flight. Like they've been trying to fly home for Christmas and now it's like well after Christmas and they still can't get home. My mom, and my brother ended up renting a car and they drove they left they came back to the house, they slept for a little bit, then they drove twenty hours back to California. Uh, and they just did it in one long stretch. They just like switched off because they were trying to keep the rental car under a 24 hour window. It was I, just absolutely insane. That is ridiculous. That is crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy who has to run that desk is probably just wanting to just like quit. <laughs> oh my goodness. To all the guys and girls out there who are working at desks for airlines i am so sorry for all of you i am so so sorry please go home and sleep take a bath go to the gym do something for your son jeez like i i just feel so bad for them this will Uh, pass this too will pass (laughs) eventually even if it feels like it never will and also sorry to everyone who didn't make it home for the holidays or can't get back that's also oh my goodness for anyone who's far away from family for the holidays because whether they were planning on traveling and it got canceled or they just weren't able to make the travel happen. Um, I know I was, it was lucky that I got to be with my, my mom, my brothers, my sister, 
uh, for the, for the holidays, but you know, my wife and baby are still pretty far away and it was, uh, it was a little bit rough being away from them, but uh, to all my friends back in Italy who have made Christmas a, a wonderful time for, for my wife and baby, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and jump into things then. I think today we wanted to talk a little bit about New Year's and some of the resolutions, you know, New Year's resolutions and some of the some of the things that, I mean, each of us, I think, are planning on making some changes and setting goals and thinking about like who we want to become this this next year and things we want to accomplish and we want to talk a little bit about some of the, like, honestly, one of the most important things and habits and, and things that you can set uh, for this upcoming year, kind of like the base of where to start, which I think is huge because if you can figure this one thing out, um, it makes figuring everything out, everything else out after this so much easier because it's like a foundational thing that just builds that groundwork. Um, so why don't you, you want to start us off, Jared? Yeah. So the new year, it is like a natural time for a fresh start. And a lot of people say that it's kind of like arbitrary nonsense. If you're going to start something new, just start it right now. Don't wait until the new year. And like, I'm all for it. I'm all for starting over like all the time, whenever you can, whenever you're feeling like the urge to just kind of have a clean sheet and start over. But I don't think we need to disparage the new year um, and people who set new year's goals because it's, it's on, it's just a natural refresh moment, you know, in the same way that every morning is a natural refresh or every Monday, the first of the month, the beginning of a season, like these are all good times to start over, to try again, to, to just hit reset or refresh and have back at it. So, um, oh, and, and one of the reasons I really like the new year as a refresh point is because I feel like people are really supportive of each other at the beginning of the new year. When lots of people have kind of this idea of what they want to do different this year, you know, most people don't stick to their goals for very long, but at the beginning of the year, there's kind of just this, uh, the environment, the culture, the, the support socially is a camaraderie like, is there. almost. Yeah, exactly. And so if you've been trying to, to start something new and you just decide like, Hey, like I want to try something new, but most of the time. Like, I don't feel like I've got the support of the people around me, people behind me. Like, you know, it, it's just, it's tough sometimes. So like the new year is a great time to start because people are more willing to give you support and some grace, like as you, as you try to stick to your new goals. Yeah. So I guess the next question then would be like, what do you want to refresh? And that's a big, important question that everyone kind of needs to answer on their own because um, a, a quote that I really like is you can do anything, but you can't do everything, you know? And so you kind of have to to figure out what exactly you do want to focus on, figure out what areas of your life you want to improve on, where you, who you want to become over the next year, and then focus on things there. And I think that that can be one of the most like difficult things to pin down, but also probably the most important thing, because if you can't figure out where you want to focus your, your limited resources and where you, what you want to do with that and where you want to improve, um, if you try to do everything at once, you're not going to do anything. Um, whereas if you can pick a couple things generally that you want to really focus on and nail down and, and hit hard, um, that's generally going to go over a lot better. Um, and you're going to see actual results and change and growth in those areas that you're focusing on. Um, whereas if you were to just spread it out over everything, you're not really, you're most likely not going to see like a huge change in any of those areas, you know? Yeah. There's a, <clears throat> there's a book series of, podcast and a whole bunch. It's called the one thing. And I can't remember the name of the guy who runs it, but the, the premise of the one thing company and business model is that if you just focus on one thing at a time, you will be, you will, you will not only be able to 
focus all of your energy on that one thing, but you will also be able to overcome the obstacles behind that one thing and then build that one thing into your life. So then once you've tackled that, you can move on to the next thing. And the the host of the podcast talks about how for like somebody asked him how many big changes he's made in his life over the last let's say two to four years. And he said like one, I've made one big change and this is what it was. And they talked about uh, eliminating all the other things that we think are important and focusing on one thing. And he said he gave himself kind of 90 days to tackle one thing at a time. And over the course of that year, he had made four major uh, changes to his life, like structural changes. I think one of them was exercise. I think one of them was meditation. I can't remember what the other two were. But he talked about how in that one year alone, he had made more significant lasting changes in his life than he had in the last four years, simply by focusing on one thing at a time. And well, today we're, we're not exactly going to talk about, we're not going to go down that, that hole, exactly that rabbit hole, but we, I do think it is really important. Like you said, to, to mention just that we have to be careful about what we set as our goals. Like if our goals are to um, you know, to run five miles every day and to spend an hour meditating and to spend an extra hour at work and to spend an extra two hours at home. Like you, you can't do all of these things at the same time. Like there aren't enough hours mm-hmm. in the day. There isn't enough energy in your body. Like you, you can't do it all at the same time. So it's important for us to get kind of clear on what goals we have, what things we want to do. And kind of before, uh, before we talk about kind of the foundation of these goals, right? Because whether it's a, well, whatever goal it is, you're trying to set the foundation for developing new habits and new behavior changes. Um, the foundation is the same for all goals. And so that's, that's kind of the meat of what we're going to talk about today. But before we can talk about that foundation, we kind of have to separate our goals into these two main categories. So you kind of either have uh, goals that are something you want to accomplish, and then you have goals of someone that you want to become. And these are kind of separate. And sometimes we we might think of it as one, but it, the goal is actually kind of falls in the other camp. And so it's important for us to be able to recognize which kind of goal this is so that we know what purpose that goal is serving in our lives. So a goal of something that you want to accomplish could be like, I want to run my first marathon this year. And then mm-hmm. someone you want to become could be, I want to run daily. Like I want to be the kind of person who runs on a daily basis. I want to be, I want to be a runner. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I want to be a runner. Those are two different goals. And it's not to say one is better than the other, but that they are different goals and they accomplish different things for you. Um, and so if you, you have to get clear on which kind of a goal you're looking at. So I feel like a lot of times for me, um, when I'm setting goals, I have like this overarching goal that's more tied to the second group that you talked about there of like who you want to become. And then from that stems a lot of different goals of things that I want to do of this, like the first type that you talked about. Um, is that, do you feel like that's kind of how it generally goes? Is that how it worked for you? Is that the way that it should work necessarily? Or is it okay to literally just have a goal that you just want to do just cause? Uh, well, I think there's definitely some merit to doing, to tackling like a challenge or a goal just because you want to tackle that challenge, like just because it's a hard thing to do. Um, even if you don't understand maybe the psychological or the physical benefits behind cold showers, for example, let's take cold showers, right? A lot of people take cold showers. I take cold showers. Like there is, there's a ton of scientific evidence to show that taking cold showers has a huge benefit to your immune system and to your brain and to your, um, to your body's, uh, physiological response to stress. Like there's, there's huge huge amounts of research behind it. But a lot of people don't understand, like, I don't understand all of the benefits behind it. I really don't, but I know that it's a hard thing and that I don't want to do it. 
Like every day, I don't want to take a cold shower, especially in the winter, because the water is even colder when it comes through the pipes than it is in the summer. So like showers are extra cold, but because it's something really difficult, that's something I want to do every single day or almost every single day. Like I want to build in doing hard things every day as a reminder that it's okay to not want to do hard things and it's better to do the hard things anyway. Right. <laughs> like to, mm-hmm. so even if so I, I don't understand, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say what that sounds like to me is that the overarching goal of who you want to become is I want to be someone who does hard things. And then yeah. that is almost an offshoot of that goal or that driving purpose behind that is kind of what it sounds like to me. And I feel like that's the way it is a lot of times with me. Like, for example, running the marathon, like it was, I want to be able to do hard things. You know, I want to be able to prove to myself that I can set a goal and achieve it. And I want to be the kind of person that makes and keeps my goals. And yeah. offshoot of that was like something that I wanted to do. So I feel like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times that's the way it works for me. And when I think about the goals that I set, a lot of times they tie back to something along the lines of someone I want to become or something like more of like a character change, a deeper change that I'm trying to become something. And then off of that comes different things that I want to do. Yeah. Well, and that ties directly into the purpose of these like challenging things that we want to accomplish, right? Because what, what, what does it serve you to have run a marathon? Like, I'll ask, so, so I'm, I'm asking you, like, what does it do yeah. to you to save or to have run a marathon? I mean, obviously there's like physical benefits, right? Like I'm in a lot better shape. I can run farther, <laughs> you know? Um, and like, I'm in, I'm in better shape, which makes me happier. And like running a marathon was really good. But I think the bigger things would be like psychological. I think, I have a lot more confidence in myself in being able to do really hard things because I had never run longer than like three miles in my life, you know, and over the course of three months, I trained up to running 26.2 and like, that was incredibly difficult. And I'd never like stuck with something like that before. Like I, I'd never been able to like stick to my goals, you know, I'd set goals and then they would just kind of fall off. But this was like the first time that I was like, I don't really want to run. I hate running, but like, I did it, you know, I did it anyway and I stuck with it. And that was like, I feel like the biggest benefit there was just psychologically of just like trusting myself and being like, okay, it doesn't matter how hard it is. Like I can still stick to it. I can still do it, which is like, I think that was like the biggest benefit. Yeah. Well, and so then the nut, the follow-up question is how much of that was running the marathon and how much of that was the systems you put in place to run the marathon? Mostly the systems, right? Because I think I think the, like the willpower that you talk about, like that we will talk about, like that comes in play, like at the very beginning, at the very end. But what allowed me to like stick with it through like the three months or leading up to it, like the two months in the middle there, um, was just that I had a time that I would run. And it was like, after work, I get home and I put on my shoes and I go on a run. And like, just like knowing that, like, that was my time when I would go on a run and knowing exactly like the first, the first week I set out like a training plan, it had what I would do every single day of the month. I just like printed one off the internet that like was just like a pretty generic one. And then I would just do whatever it said on there, you know? And it was like, I just had that system of like, okay, this is what I'm going to do it. And I already know what I'm going to do. All I have to do is put my shoes on and go outside and do that. Um, and so that was like. I think that that system, having no, knowing exactly what I needed to do every day and having a time every day that I could do it is what I think really allowed me to really stick to it. 
more than anything yeah. else. And well, and and what I would what I would add to that is right, running the mar- accomplishing the marathon, right? The marathon being like the task or like the goal. The goal is to run a marathon. Um, that once you've accomplished that, then kind of after that, you know, like you have this this singular piece of evidence that says I'm the kind of person who can do hard things like you talked about before. Right. And that, that leads into that change in identity that we're shooting for. Um, but the benefits of all of the training and the preparation before that is, is not exactly the same thing, right? Accomplishing the marathon achieves this one purpose of, you know, like the, the singular piece of evidence saying I'm the type of person who can do hard things. And then all the preparation before that is like you said, providing these benefits of, well, now I can run farther. Like I've, I'm in better shape. My resting heart rate is a lot lower because my blood vessels are cleaner and like blood's flowing better. Uh, my heart is stronger and I have learned to stick with something over a long period of time. Like that consistency piece um, is, is huge and it's different. It's separate from the actual running the marathon, right? And is more in line with becoming the type of person who runs, like becoming a runner, really. That's, and so yeah. in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, he talks all about how the, the best way for us to uh, develop new habits is through focusing on our identity and letting that identity drive us forward, right? Becoming a runner. Well, once you're a runner, you're more likely to do things that runners do. If you're not a runner, you're probably not going to do things that runners do, right? So he talks about one example he talks about is like smokers, right? You, you say, let's say you're trying to quit smoking and I offer you a cigarette and you say like, no, thanks. I'm trying to quit smoking. Like, okay, you're trying to quit smoking, which means you're still a smoker, right? Mm -hmm. But if I offer you a cigarette and you say, oh no, I don't smoke. Like that's that you are adopting the identity of a non-smoker, right? Whereas I'm trying to quit is I am a smoker who is trying to become a non-smoker, right? But if you start with, I don't smoke, well then, well, if you don't smoke, then, or if you're a non-smoker, you're the kind of person who doesn't accept cigarettes, who doesn't, who doesn't smoke, who doesn't, you know, like there's, there's all these like follow on actions or non-actions because of that identity statement. And so if you're a runner, then you're going to do things that runners do because you identify as a runner. Right. And and so if mm-hmm. we can focus on altering our identity and showing up to the world as this identity that we're trying to adopt, then we will receive positive feedback and reinforcement that helps push us towards really, truly believing in ourselves that we are that identity and in a way that like the world accepts us as that person, as a runner, as a non-smoker or, or whatever it is you're trying right. to become. Right. And I would say that the thing that made the biggest impact on me, like true running the marathon was like, okay, I can do hard things, but I honestly am more proud of sticking to the training regimen for over the three months, you know? And I think that that's more di- like personally, I view that as more difficult to do than just running a marathon. And like that, just like the process of doing something every day and just showing up every day and just doing that for three months straight, something that was like hard that I didn't necessarily always want to do, like built more of that, like I can do hard things mentality and that more of that identity, like, like I could go out and like run a marathon and like walk part of it and like survive and get out the other end. But like, 
over three months doing it every day, even if it wasn't running a marathon every day, like pounded into me, like made me actually believe that like I can do hard things because I was doing it every day and it was getting reinforced on a regular basis. And I think that that's where like the real true change came more so than at the very end crossing that finish line. Yes, dude. And that is, that is exactly what we're talking about today with respect to, <clears throat> with respect to the, the, the foundational habit. Right. So, okay. So let's, let's jump ahead here. Um, so when we are, when we're trying to accomplish either like a big task, like a running the marathon, or we're trying to become a runner, the foundation and the rules for developing the habit or the behavior change are the same. And the first thing that we need to understand, right, is that willpower is not sustainable and not reliable at all. Like you said, so you talked about sticking to a regiment. You can only willpower your way so much, right? You can, you can willpower your way for a week, maybe two weeks, perhaps when you're super unmotivated, you can muster up the, the, the motivation to go and to, to do that really hard thing, but it's not sustainable. Like we, yeah, our willpower slowly like regenerates, but it regenerates really slowly and we are way better at spending it than we are rebuilding it. Um, and so there's this, there's this book, um, it's called the motivation myth. I can't remember the name of the author, but, uh, it's like a black cover. It has a picture of like a, a carrot on a stick. And in this, the author talks about how, um, we have kind of the, the formula for success and motivation backwards. We think that we need to have motivation in order to accomplish something or in order to achieve some sort of result, some sort of success. But he says that motivation is not the cause of success, but motivation is the result of a success. So if we accomplish, when we accomplish something, even if it's a small thing, when we accomplish something, our confidence goes up because we've been able to do it, right? Our drive to do more goes up. Our desire to do more goes up and our bravery and courage to go out and to do hard things goes up when we've accomplished something. And so, because, because like you said, like we have this, this piece of evidence behind us that says, I am capable of doing hard things or whatever it is that you mm -hmm. want to do. So the first day that you go out and run, you now have like a piece of evidence that says that you can go out and run. And that's, that's motivating running that day is motivating for you to go run tomorrow. Right. But it's a small one. It's a small one because we're, we're talking about developing like how, how many months did you train for the marathon? Three months, three months. Okay. So let's say you run, maybe take out certain days. So let's say you run 80 times. Let's just say it's 80 times. Right. One eightieth of that preparation, right, is one day. That one day that you run, like that's not a ton, but it is a piece of evidence. Um, and James Clear talks about this as casting a vote for the kind of person you want to become. Every time you do the behavior you're trying to develop um, into a habit, every time you do that behavior, you're casting a vote for being the type of person that does that behavior. So every day that you went out and ran, you cast a vote for being a runner. And it, he says that you don't have to have a unanimous vote. You don't have to not miss a single day to become that, but you just need a majority vote. You just need to start building. So uh, he talks about even like writing things down on a piece of paper and tossing it in a jar or tossing paper clips in a jar or something so that you're visually seeing every piece of evidence that says that you are a runner. And so, right, seven days go by and you've run every single day. Dude, that's seven pieces of evidence for saying that you're a runner. And that is motivating, mm -hmm. right? To say that you've done something seven times, that's a heck of a lot more than one for sure. Right? Mm -hmm. No, it's not a hundred. It's not 80, but it's not one. And that's not nothing. Right? So you're building this, you're turning this flywheel. Uh, and, and oh, geez, I think it's Clay Christensen who talks about the flywheel. I could be wrong, but 
the flight like on a playground, you know, there's a big, it's like a big round thing that spins. It has like bars on it and you like, all you the get kids it spinning, hold you get on it, to it. Uh-huh. And then you like jump on and it just spins and spins and spins for a while. Well, those things are super hard to move at first. Like they are heavy <laughs> and you've got to like, you got to like really pull and really pull and it takes a while to get it spinning. But once it's spinning, you're just kind of like slapping it, you know, like it just spin, it spins without you having to really do anything. And every day that you go out and run, you're spinning that flywheel just a little bit. And it's hard. It is definitely harder at the beginning. And that's why willpower is a helpful kickstart because a lot of these things are really hard. But every single time you go out and run, you're spinning the flywheel a little bit more and it's becoming just a little bit easier for that thing to go. But once you've got two weeks, three weeks, a whole month under your belt, dude, this flywheel's going. Like this flywheel is spinning. And you can kind of let it carry you as you keep going. Um, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense, like it's, it's like almost like a self-propelling, um, behavior change, like, because you're becoming a runner Well, runners go out and run. And every time you go out and run, you're becoming more of a runner. And as more of a runner, you're more inclined to go run. And so it's like this positive feedback loop that just helps build and build and build this behavior change. Yeah. And I think, that's interesting because I feel like a lot of times people also will start off strong and then fall off their goals. And so I think there's, there's an added, there's like, there's two sides to that coin, you know, one, like you can start moving that flywheel and you can get like, you can start to feel good about it. But at the same time, if you don't structure it right, um, or if, if some, like, if it's not right, like it can also still be really draining, you know, like, I feel like everyone's experienced that where like, you like try and do something and then like a weekend it's like, oh, I like you wake up one day and you're like, I do not want to do this, you know? And so like, I don't know. I think that, that adds like another aspect to it as well, because like you have to, like, I don't know. Why is that? Why, like, why once you've already started doing something, can it still be like hard sometimes when you wake up and you just don't want to do it and then you just fall off? I think there might be two different reasons and it's probably important for us to know which to discover for ourselves, which reason it is. I think one of it is shiny object syndrome, which I know I'm like super prone to. And that is (laughs) that like you get really excited about a new thing, whether it's a physical object or whether it's a new goal or um, a new hobby you want to develop, whatever it is, like we get excited by that. And that excitement is motivating, right? That is a source of motivation, but it's a very unreliable and weak one that has short lived. And so we get really excited to go do a new thing. We got all this energy, we dump it into this thing. And then we get to a point where it is either no longer exciting, or it's just not nearly as shiny as it used to be. And other shiny objects start to move into the picture and you start to see those and think, Ooh, maybe instead I should move that way. Instead of like building the systems and putting in the work to make the whatever it is you're trying to develop happen, right? Because there is, there, you have to work on the systems. You have to trust the system. We talk about this in, in door-to-door sales all the time. You like it's a numbers game. You have to put in the numbers, and you'll get the results. And as you continue to put in the the numbers, the work, the doors, the hours, the results will start to get better too over time. But if you're not willing to go and knock those 80 doors in between your first sale and your second sale, well, then that second sale is never going to happen. Like we have to go out and put in the work day in and day out. Consistency is like the most difficult part about habit development. 
And I mean, it's the same with investing too, right? You can invest a hundred bucks and it'll grow. It'll multiply a bunch of times before you retire. But if you only invested the hundred bucks one time, cause you got excited and opened your account. Well, like, yeah, it'll multiply a bunch of times by the time you're 65, but it's not going to be nearly as great as if you were investing even $10 every single month for those 40 years. Like you, we have to put in the work day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And so I guess like question, like once you've got that flywheel moving, why you have shiny, you have the shiny syndrome. What's like, I don't know, like, why is it just so difficult to stick with things? Like, is it just cause like, it just requires effort? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Cause I've all, that's like what I've always struggled with. You know, that's why like my marathon was such like a defining moment for me because it was like, I stuck with it, you know? Like I yeah. did this consistently for three months and that's never happened before. And it's not that like I haven't yeah. tried setting goals before, but like yeah. that consistency is so difficult, you know, but well, I think I guess maybe one question. thing, I, ahead, one thing that comes to mind and maybe, maybe I think this is maybe part of it is like once you start um, and you've gotten going, not doing it for one day becomes less significant, you know, like once you've already done it for like, 20, 30 days, it's like, okay, well, if I don't go today, it's fine. Cause like not going to make that big of a difference. You know, I've worked out 30 times in the past like month. Um, if I miss one day, it's not like all of a sudden all my muscle mass or progress is going to disappear. So I think maybe that plays into it. Cause it's easier to be like, okay, I can miss cause it doesn't make that big mm-hmm. of a difference, but I don't know. I think there's something else there. I think, and, and this may not be right, but just shooting it out there. I think a big part of it might be not having a, a genuinely clear understanding of why it is that we're trying to accomplish a thing. Um, because if you, um, oh man, who is it? I can't remember the name of the guy. Is it Victor Frankel? I think it's Victor Frankel, uh, man search for meaning. Uh, he wrote mm-hmm. the book man search for meaning. And he says that if you like, if you have, oh geez, I'm going to get it all wrong. But, uh, if you have a why you can bear almost anyhow, like if, yeah. if you have a meaning behind this thing that you're doing, you can do it. Like you can do anything. It's like and he who he ahead. who knows why can bear almost anyhow. That's I think it. it's like that quote. So, so let let's take uh, getting into shape for example. So, a lot of people will set a goal this year to lose, let's say twenty five pounds. My goal this year is to lose twenty five pounds. Not personally, that is not my goal. But if your goal is to lose twenty five pounds, well, first off, if you want to lose twenty five pounds, stop eating for a month, and you'll lose twenty five pounds. Like. Like you can get there for sure. Um, but that's obviously not a good solution, right? Like, no, wait, no one would say that's a good idea because, well, the thing is if, if our goal is kind of this, this like undefined, I mean, it's defined, the goal itself is defined, but like the purpose of that goal is not understood. Well, then you can do anything to get there. Right. But if you stop eating for a month, you lose 25 pounds and then you start eating again, you gain it right back obviously like that, that's how that works. So if you ask, okay, let's say your goal is to lose 25 pounds. First question is, well, why do you want to lose 25 pounds? Like, oh, well, right. I'm overweight. Then, Go ahead. And then I would say like your why changes how you're going to get there. Right. Because if you're, if your why is, oh, I want to look good. Well then yeah, you could like go on a diet and you'll look better. But if you want to be healthier then not eating is not going to make you healthier, you know? And so like, if you want to lose 25 pounds to be healthier, well then not eating is not like you're not accomplishing your end goal. And so then it can be like really counterproductive in a sense, you know? Yeah. And it's not to say that losing 25 pounds is a bad idea or a bad goal. I mean, 
I think it's a good metric if our goal is is better better defined if you know perhaps, why or yeah. a little bit deeper. Yeah. So let's say your goals well, well really I want to lose 25 pounds because I want to look good. You're like, okay, well why do you want to look good? Well, because other people um might might judge me because of the way I look or something. Well like you could dig down that direction which is like, well why does it why does it matter to you what other people think? Um and you know, maybe I, I don't I don't even know what kind of answer that would lead to, but with respect to developing like a healthy process, well, like if, if you want to lose 25 pounds because you want to be healthier, well, like awesome. Okay. There's tons of different ways of becoming healthy and we're trying to develop a plan that is consistent over time. We're trying to do something basically in this case, at least something that is sustainable until the day that you die. Like we have to look that far long-term. We want to develop systems today that fundamentally change who we are for the rest of our lives. And like losing, losing 25 pounds, like you'll probably be depending on how much you weigh, right? Losing 25 pounds is probably a great idea. It's probably going to make you a lot. Um, it's probably going to do a lot for your body, but we have to do it in a way that it is sustainable, right? Like that we, we lose the weight and we keep it off, right? But we've got to tackle all of those underlying issues of, okay, well, you don't eat very well. Why don't you eat very well? Oh, because I'm super busy at work. Like, okay, have you like, why are you super busy at work? Are you putting in more hours than you used to? Are you staying late because you're trying to impress your boss so you can get a raise, so you can get a promotion? Um, you want to stay home. You're like, yeah, I work a lot, but I, I want to st- spend more time at home. Why do you want to spend more time at home? Because you want to spend like more time with your children. Do you want to be an example to them? Do you want to be healthier so you can live a longer life so that you can spend more time in aggregate with your family members? Like you've got to dig into these reasons of why it is you want to lose this weight. And when you dig deep into those, those reasons, then you can say, you can realize that, well, there are probably so many different things that I need to change structurally about my life, my life that are unrelated to health directly. Like if you are putting in way too much time, if you're working freaking 14 hour weeks or 14 hour days, 12 hour days, it is going to be extremely hard for you to get in the exercise that you need to live a healthy life. Extremely hard. So maybe the structural change you need to focus on is not spending so much time at work or building in systems where you can get in all of that exercise that you need. And those are going to, maybe that, maybe that's going to cost you more money. Maybe you're going to have to pay, whether maybe it's paying for having a personal trainer or maybe taking a reduction in pay at work because you're trying to work less hours so that you could spend time taking care of yourself. Like those things are unrelated to your health. But maybe those are the goals you need to be focusing on if the end goal is really to be healthy. And maybe focusing on losing 25 pounds is the wrong goal because it's not measuring what is truly driving the motivation for a goal in the health sphere. Yeah. And I think that's huge because I think a lot of times that's why people, why it can be difficult to stick to goals, you know, is because you go down the road a little bit and then all of a sudden shiny new object syndrome wears off. And there's nothing left there to sustain you because it's not – you're not making progress towards like the kind of person that you want to become, you know. And you start to realize that because, you know, maybe you want to be healthier. And so you say, I'm going to lose 25 pounds. But then you like start to lose it and then you don't feel any better. You still feel like gross because you're still eating crap, you know, and you're still like maybe you're exercising more but like your diet's not good or you're still – you're still exhausted all the time or you're still really tired when you get back from work because you're doing the wrong kind of exercise or like whatever it is, when you dig down into those whys, you can come up with 
your your goals, your actionable, doable goals um, are going to be more in line with who you want to become. And that's going to help you to stay like motivated and stay like stick with them and want to change, um, which I think is huge. Um, and there was something else I wanted to talk about, um, kind of two things that I think when you were talking about those goals um, that were like foundational to them. Um, one was just like, like the consistency is like huge there. And like the, like what you're talking about where you want something that's going to last and it's going to change the, who you are. You know, if you think about like, like you brush your teeth every day without probably even thinking about it, maybe even two or three times a day, you know, and that takes like almost no mental effort because it's just what you do, you know? Like you just like, you walk into the bathroom, you put toothpaste on and you brush your teeth because you're the kind of person that has clean teeth, you know, and you're the kind of person that brushes their teeth. And like, you want to build systems where you are just like, you are a healthy person, you know? And so that means you walk into the cupboard and you just like pick out healthy foods and you make something healthy and you just eat it. And it's not like this, like constant mental battle of like, uh, like I want to eat something crappy, but then like you like force yourself to eat something healthy and then eventually it just breaks and you have like a binge day and then you like fall apart, you know? And you want to like, by like focusing on these whys and then going down these roads of like, okay, what are systems I can put in place to like make myself a healthier person? Um, that consistency is going to make it so it becomes, it takes less and less motivation and willpower to stick with it because it's just who you are, you know? And that is like, once you get to that point, that's when like you can start to stack these things on top of each other, you know? Okay. Well, I've used, I'm putting all my willpower into becoming a healthier person. And so not only am I going to be like maybe exercising a little bit more and eating healthy, but now, okay, I'm actually going to go to the store and only buy healthy food and put that in my cupboard, you know? And then all of a sudden that goal becomes easier to do. And then once you have that down, once you're a healthy person, then you're like, okay, well, I want to become like a runner on top of that. I want to get into exercise. Okay. And then you can like, okay, I'm running. Okay. Now I want to get into sports and you can like get good at an athletic sport because you're in a good shape. And then you can like build off of like into other areas of your life and focus on those. And they like stack, you know, and you can like, yeah, they become sub processes that you don't really have to think about and put a ton of thought and effort into because it's just who you are. Right. Yeah. And so, man, okay. You got me thinking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know if you've seen pictures and videos of this dude. He's, I don't even know how old he is. Man is super old and his biceps are still humongous. This man, I mean, he just put out a video like wishing everyone uh, uh, a Merry Christmas and happy, like, a, I don't even know, something about like, you know, I hope everyone gets a great pump this holiday season. And like, he, I think he's releasing some like uh, gym weightlifting content like this next, this next year, Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? If he, if his goal for the rest of his life was to be like Mr. Olympia, like, forget it. Like, it, it. He is way past his prime in terms of competing externally with all these other people in this huge competition. But that's not his goal. And I've, I've watched videos of him and he talks about exercise. And he says, like, I will lift weights. I will work out until the day that I die. Because, like, do you stop? Like, do you just one day stop breathing? Do you one day stop drinking water? Do you one day stop eating? Like, no, it, Working out is akin to breathing. Like I need it. I do it every single day. I always and will always work out because it is a part of who I am as fundamentally as 
breathing air and drinking water. Like it is, it is so deeply ingrained into this man's identity as a human being that he will never stop working out so long as he is physically capable of it. And he will, and he will do everything he can to stay physically capable of working out. And for that reason, man, this dude is in his Christmas sweater, lifting weights, doing bicep crawls at the gym. Like that is, that is who he is. And if we want to develop strong habits that last forever, we have to focus on the habit of showing up. That is the habit to rule them all. That is the one habit that underlines every single habit or behavior change that we want, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger, he is the kind of person that works out every day. He shows up every day. And I have no idea what his workouts look like. They're probably very different today than they were when he was in his 20s. Probably very, very, very different. But that's not the point. The point is that this man works out every day. That is the identity. That is who he is. And so if we want to develop a new habit this year, we need to focus on showing up. We need to work on consistency. We were talking about this earlier, dude. Consistency is the hardest part of any habit. The single hardest part is showing up. And so that's why we need to focus on showing up on a regular basis so that we can get these, we can get these small wins behind us, these small successes that start to compound, that start to roll, that start to push us forward, that make it a little bit easier for us to stick with these new changes that we're trying to develop. And naturally, those habits will scale. Like if you're, if you're trying to, you're trying to get in shape. What if you started with one push up? I do one push up every single day. Is one push up going to change your life? Absolutely not. But it's one push up a day going to change your life. I mean, it's not really going to make you all that stronger. Like that's true, but let's say you're doing one push up every day for two weeks. There is no way that in that third week, you're going to do just one push up. You will naturally do a second one there. And maybe it's not in the third week. Maybe it's in the fourth week. Maybe it's in the second week. Like it happens. We get, we realize that something is so easy. We start to ask ourselves, well, I could probably do, we tell ourselves, I could probably do one more. I could probably do another one, right? You start, let's say you walk on a treadmill at the gym for five minutes. That's it. That's all you do. You walk for five minutes, you go home. You showed up, you show up for five days this week. You walked five minutes. This is a total of 25 minutes. That's more than you were walking before. That's for sure. But it's not 30 minutes a day, right? It's not even 30 minutes in one week, but that next week, I promise you, you're going to be walking on the treadmill. You're going to be looking at your phone. You're going to be listening to a podcast or something. You're going to look down and it's going to be seven minutes. And you're like, oh, shoot, I walked seven minutes. I didn't even realize it. I didn't even notice that it went up. Oh, maybe I could do 10 minutes, right? Two more weeks go by, you're doing 10 minutes. A couple more weeks go by, you're not even sweating anymore. Like, okay, maybe I'll do 15 minutes. Like, okay, maybe, you, and then you're starting to, you're starting to grow. You're starting to do more. And it's in that continual growth that you see the physical results, like the symptoms of this habit that you're developing. But the real habit is showing up. That's the real habit that you're working on. And that is the real habit that is the most difficult part about habit development and habit formation is just showing up. Yeah. And I think that that's like the habit that if you can figure that out, you can do anything, you know, you can stick to any habit, you know? And so I think the cool thing here is just to realize that how stupid small of a goal you can set and it can still be really, really powerful if you're working on just that one habit alone of just showing up, you know? And like, I mean, I've heard like people talk about just like, I'm just going to like put like a paper, like, I'm just going to do like something really small. Like I'm going to write like one sentence in my journal 
of like the same sentence. And I'm going to do that every day for a whole year, you know, or I'm going to do one push up every day for a whole year, or I'm going to do like, I'm going to put one paperclip in a jar <laughs> or like, like you could do like really stupid, small, simple things. Because the point there is you're becoming the kind of person that just sticks to the things that they say they're going to do that shows up and does what they say that they're going to do. And then you start to build that trust in yourself of, oh, I actually, like, I do it. Whether like, no matter how stupid small you have to start, like the hardest part is just showing up. And if you can do that for one really small goal for a whole year, that is dang impressive. Like that is dang impressive. Very few people can say that they do like, they set a goal to do one thing every day for a whole year and then do that for a whole year. You know, <laughs> like that, yeah, that right seriously. there is just an incredible goal. And so even if it's something stupid, small, like just do it, like just start with something. And if you can prove to yourself that you can do one thing every day for a whole year, then that can start to grow. Okay. Well then I can do one thing that's a little bit harder or I can do two things or I can like, whatever it is, it just starts to grow and you start to build that trust in yourself and you start to be the kind of person that shows up and just does what they say they're going to do. And once you've become that kind of person, like the world is your oyster. There's nothing that you can't do given enough time, which I think is huge. Seriously, seriously. A while back, I think it was on Choose FI, they were talking about um, identity statements and they were talking about becoming the type of person that X, Y, and Z. And I remember when, when they mentioned it for the first time, it really struck a chord with me of what kind of person do I want to be? And I decided to adopt the the identity statement, like, or they refer to it as the story you tell yourself about yourself. And that the statement that I wanted to adopt was, I am the type of person that can learn anything. And it was something that I, I kind of believed, but I really wanted to believe firmly. Like I, I, I thought that that was an identity that I was, that kind of resonated with me, but I thought if it did truly resonate with me and if I firmly believed it, my life would be changed forever. And so I, I made a, I made like a word document. Um, so it's white and I just typed out, I'm the type of person that can learn anything. And then I like took a picture of it and I saved that picture. So it's just like a white screen with just the black letters. I'm the type of person that can learn anything. And I made it the background to my computer and I made it the background to my phone and I made it the background to my iPad. So every day, every multiple times a day, when I'd open my phone, when I log into my computer, whatever, I see that statement. I am the type of person that can learn anything. And it's, I mean, it's an affirmation for sure. And there's a lot of people talk a lot about affirmations and saying things to yourself every day. Um, but I wanted to see that as a reminder that that is what I'm trying to learn. Like that's what I'm trying to become is the type of person that can learn anything. And so as, as new opportunities and new challenges kind of came my way, I started to think, well, there's something here that I could probably learn. And if I wanted to, I could probably learn it because I'm the type of person that can learn anything. So then I'd start learning. I start, I start becoming more curious about these things. And over time, and I, I honestly, I don't know how long, but over some time, I started to firmly believe that I'm the type of person that can learn anything. And if given enough time and resources, um, I, to this day, I truly, truly believe that I'm the type of person that can learn anything. And that is like, that is now ingrained into who I am. And I have now tons and tons of evidence that suggests that I am the type of person that can learn anything because of all these different uh, skills and, and talents and hobbies and things that I've learned over these last few years since I've adopted that statement. And so 
maybe as a recommendation to anyone who's looking at becoming a new person, right. And developing a new identity, um, or who just wants to become something more or something different than who you are now, maybe spend some time thinking about what type of person you want to be. Like, I want to be a runner. I am a runner. I'm the type of person that runs every day. Like come up with some sort of simple statement for yourself of what you like if you if you were this person if you truly believed this about yourself it would radically change your life take one of those statements and put it somewhere where you see it all the time i highly recommend sticking it on your phone or on your computer because we spend so much time on our phones and computers um stick it in a place that we see it regularly and i you know just it was just a few months ago i was in a class and one of my classmates saw my computer screen and he was like hey where where did you get that and i was like oh i you know i made it myself i heard it on a podcast and it's something that I've been working on for a really long time. It's like believing this about myself. And he said, and it, we had a really long conversation about it, but he, it kind of like changed the way that he thought about himself in this conversation. And he, you could tell that he was really like pondering this, like, can I change what I believe about myself? Can I change my own identity? Can I become something different than I am? Can I become something different than what everyone else tells me I am? And the answer is yes. The answer is absolutely freaking yes, you can. All right. And it just starts with the habit of showing up, the habit of showing up and doing the work, doing just a little bit, because over time it's going to grow. Over time, you're going to have more and more evidence that supports that statement. And you're going to be able to radically change, radically transform who you are um, just by nature of starting small and showing up. And I think that, our hope here is that like, I think we've talked about a few things in particular of like running or getting in shape or cause just cause I think those are really popular around the time, like the turn of the year. Um, but there are a lot of identity statements that you can come up with, right? Like I'm the type of father that's there for my kids. You know, I am the type of husband that's like present and, or like, I'm just a good husband or I am like, there's a lot of like really meaningful, purposeful things that like, if you dig deep enough, you can find that you want to be better at and that are really meaningful to you. Um, and something that I think I've tried before that I would recommend that as maybe like, if you're just starting and you want to have one really small, easy habit and just do that, that kind of ties along with this is record yourself saying that habit like out loud or something. Or, or like being like, I am someone who can learn anything. Just record yourself and then like make a goal to listen to that like at least one time a day, you know, and you'll probably feel really weird when you first listen to it. Um, you're like, wow, this is so cheesy. Like, this is so dumb. Um, but like there's power in it in saying it and then like being reminded of it and being intentional and thinking about it on a regular basis. And so you know, that's something that I tried to do while I was doing, like getting ready to go out to do sales or whatever, like just thinking like I am a good salesman, you know, and just like saying that over and over again and thinking about it or like I am like the kind of I'm a good student or I am whatever it is. And the more you say it, the more you think about it, the more you like talk to yourself about it and the more you hear yourself say that, the more and more you're going to start to believe it. Like it, it's kind of crazy, but it's true and it works. And there's a reason that there's so many people out here who, who do it. And those affirmations, like there's a lot of research around it. Um, and so I think that that's like a, I mean, if you want, you could start with a habit as simple as just like listening to yourself or like standing in the mirror and saying, I am this kind of person to yourself in the mirror one time a day. Like that's, that's stupid easy, but just saying it to yourself over and over again, even on the days that you don't really feel it 
or really like necessarily like believe it will start to change you and start to really like ingrain that in you and start help you to like actually believe that you are that kind of person. And that's a great, I think that's a great place to start, you know, whatever it is, whether it's saying it, whether it's reading it, whether it's writing it down somewhere or like something, that's a small habit that you can start that can really start to help work with that identity of becoming the kind of person that you want to be. Yeah. And, and tying this back to personal finance, since this is a, a personal finance podcast, um, it's this, ex, this framework for um, developing new habits is the exact same as the framework for investing. And that is that every single dollar that you, inv- you save and invest is a vote for you being the type of person who saves and invests. Every single dollar you set aside in a, an emergency fund is a vote for you being the kind of person who has an emergency fund, who saves for emergencies, right? These are, these are identities that we develop that are, are directly linked to the kinds of beliefs that we have about money. And we can change our beliefs about money by changing the actions and our interactions with money. So, and let's say you, let's say you invest $10 a month, right? Let's say this goal, this year, your goal is to max out your Roth IRA, but you don't even know where $6,500 are going to come from because like you're not saving anything right now, but your goal is to max out your Roth IRA. Okay. Well, start with contributing to your Roth IRA on a regular basis. Start by setting up either weekly or monthly contributions to your Roth like, and it can be something as small as $10. You're not going to feel a difference of $10. Um, but if you do it three times, four times, then like your life isn't going to change. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be exactly the same. Like you're not going to feel the $10. So maybe you're not going to feel $20. Maybe you're not going to feel $30. Maybe you're not going to feel a hundred dollars. And maybe by the end of the year, you're contributing $541 a month or however much it is to, <laughs> to, to max out at $6,500, right? Maybe the goal is to get to a point where that monthly contribution of 500 and whatever dollars is like, it doesn't change anything. So maybe actually this year you don't even max out your Roth IRA, but you're developing the habit of contributing to your Roth IRA so that next year, like you hit the ground running, like the next year you are already maxing it out. Like and you're good to go. And mm-hmm. it's just, we, we cannot under, we cannot overstate the importance of the habit of showing up. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's that whole idea of you start putting $10 in every single month and eventually you're going to get used to living like that. And then all of a sudden you just set the same goal. I'm going to save 10 more dollars a month and it just stacks and stacks and stacks. And you want to become the kind of person that like, it doesn't take all that mental effort and self-restraint to just live like that because it's just who you are. And that comes through that habit of just showing up, being consistent with something and starting small, starting with something that you can actually do and stick with. And that will help to change your identity because you're doing it consistently over time versus just like one lump sum and then like never really thinking about it ever again, you know? So I think that that's, that's huge and it applies to personal investing. It applies to everything in life. And I think one other thing to think about that I think comes from what we talked about today is also thinking about like your, your personal why of FI, you know, we did a podcast titled that earlier on, um, and thinking about why exactly you want to pursue financial independence or, um, why you want to save and digging down into the reasons why there. And then that's going to change your approach to it. 
Um, and it's going to change where you invest and how you invest and how often you do it or how much you need to save. Like instead of just being like, oh, I want to save like 80% of my income because that's what all of like the big five people do. No, it's like once you dig into your personal why, maybe you only need to save 20 or 30% of your income to live the kind of life that you want or to have the stability and security that you really need to be happy in your life, you know, and you need to figure out your own personal why and the the reasons behind why you're pursuing this and why it's important to you so that you can really come up with a plan and a goal that you can stick with and believe in and that's going to satisfy your needs. And then you start to make those incremental improvements towards that. And then that's, I think, where you see lasting change occur that changes not just like your bank account number, but who you are, which is almost, I would say, more valuable than any bank account number. Absolutely. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, it's episode 002, Fi or Fire. And that's where we talk about uh, financial dependence, retiring early, and kind of the reasons that we have personally behind um, achieving financial independence. And like you're saying, Russell, everything that we do outside or everything else we do, all the other goals that we set in the world of personal finance is it's all in service of that greater goal of becoming financially independent and becoming financially independent is really just in service of the, the goal that we have for how we like, how we want to live our life. Like the why behind financial independence is pursuing a life where we are free of so many constraints that we can spend all of our time, energy, and resources in service of things that truly bring value to us. And so setting a goal of a savings rate of 50% this year, like Yes, like that. That's a it's a goal, but it's like a small goal. It's like a a small um, sub goal that is in service of achieving our greater goal of achieving financial independence, which is really in service of us pursuing a life of the things that we value the most. And in order to achieve that goal of uh, getting to the point where working is optional, so we can spend all of our time in those things that bring the most value to us. Like in order to get there we have to set some of these other smaller goals. It's all part of like the systems and the process and the plans that we have to get us there. Um, so if we can keep that, like you said, if we can keep that bigger, why that's maybe several whys deep, <laughs> you know, it's not just, well, why are you saving 50%? Well, I'm saving 50% so that uh, we can save and invest more money and we're saving and investing more money so that we can have more money in our like final nest egg so that we can achieve financial independence earlier so that we can spend time doing the things that bring us the most value um, and spend the most time that we can with the people that bring us the most value in our life. Um, so I think if we can, we can serve that greater why everything else falls into place. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that that pretty much wraps this up. Um, and I hope that coming into this new year, you guys have some, some interesting things that you're trying to do and you're thinking about your whys, and also that you start to just do something you know, small on a regular basis to push yourself in that direction of becoming the kind of person that you want to be. Um, and so I guess if you have anything else, Jared, go ahead and close us out. No, thank you everybody for listening. We, uh, we are just over the 250 downloads bark, which is crazy. It's crazy to me how, how quickly this thing is growing and how many people are listening to us on a weekly basis. So thank you everybody for listening. Um, and if you haven't already, please you know, give us a, a five-star rating in Spotify or an Apple, uh, leave a review. If you're an Apple podcast, um, we would really, really appreciate it. And if this message, this episode meant anything to you, please share it with somebody who you think would benefit from this message. 
Thanks, everyone. Thanks for coming to the Fire School today. We hope you learned something new and better yet, took action. Don't forget to share this episode with somebody who needs it and be sure to leave a five-star review. If you want to get in touch with us, shoot us an email at mailbag at thefiveschool.com. And until next time, enjoy this super sweet saxophone outro. Class dismissed.